welcome to the Recon Podcast. As it's June and many of us are celebrating the beginning of Pride season, I've opted to stick with topics related to Pride. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with TK London, the current Mr. Leather London, about a question that always comes up during this time of year. And that is, of course, as we know, does fetish belong at Pride? Enjoy the episode. Okay, so as some of you may know, the listeners, especially if you're London or UK based, may be that it will probably be a little bit difficult for me to be completely impartial when this topic comes up. Um, although I do have lots of questions, and that is also because I'm one of the people that actually uh, organizes one of the fetish walking groups uh, for Pride in London. Of course, I'm the one who puts together the walking group for Recon. Um, one thing that for us we find really important to do is to boost our visibility uh, at Pride because we do feel that the fetish community is very much underrepresented. So it has been interesting to have, you know, been doing this for a number of years, but the question still remains as to whether or not we belong at the Pride Parade. And I think this, of course, in itself raises a whole bunch of other questions. Is it a question of morality? You know, is our broader LGBTQ plus community becoming a bit prudish? Are they now suddenly becoming conservative? I know in sudden, in certain other cities, one, especially a city in Germany, it became a very big issue and the fetish people were not allowed to walk. And I think the other question then also becomes is, you know, who's putting this pressure on the organizers, like exactly from which part of the community is this coming and who actually makes the decisions, you know, and there are other questions that will come up during the conversation that I definitely want to raise. But one of those other things, which I think for me is fundamentally quite basic, if we go back to the what pride is actually supposed to represent, you know, pride, the walking in the parade is a stomping your feet on the ground and giving people the right to pol- to make their political statement. And I would like to know who is it that decides that the fetish community can't be, can't be political, that they don't have the right to actually put on their gear and march down the street and make a political statement as well. Um, and I know there are other sides of this argument. I'm going to probably stick a few holes in it as well. But I just want to have that question out. Who is it that decides who has the right to be political at Pride and who does not have the right to make their political statement at Pride? When we always talk about how inclusive we want the LGBTQI plus community to be, and this is what Pride you know, should be representing or allowing them the platform to do. I mean, how selfish, how egotistical, how self-serving is it for someone to start telling someone else, well, you actually don't belong. And I think we need to get to the bottom of that somehow. Um, but to talk about this a little bit more, please welcome our guest, TK London, aka also known as Tom, if you know him, who's <laughs> the current Mr. Leather London. So Tom, welcome to the Recon Podcast. Oh, thank, well, thanks, Anton, for having me. It's um, obviously to your point, we're starting June. It's Gemini season, but most importantly, um, in many, many countries around the world, it's kind of that start of the Pride season. So grateful that you've asked me. Obviously, we're, we, we live a stone throw away from each other. Um, 
9am here, first time doing a podcast so early in the morning. Well, I say so early, but it's kind of the start of the work shift. Yeah, it's like halfway through the work morning already for some yeah. people. <laughs> but for you, I've, I've, I've heard that you, you, you wake up insanely early, so I am quite jealous. Oh, um, but yeah, but very, very, very grateful for you to, uh, to really kindly invite me on board, really. It's um, from, from my side, I don't know we'll talk about it, really. My kind of... Um, my, my journey in, into the kink and fetish scene in London really started off in, 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 in the summer season where prides were kicking off. And I think for a lot of people who have joined the community, different kink and fetish groups, it's because you see X, Y, and Z persons at these events, really. So I'm sure we'll talk about that as well as that fantastic introduction you made about you know, um, the, the more political stance on, on prides and who, who has ownership or responsibility? I think one of the reasons I wanted to ask you, uh, to do this, you know, thinking about the question, I thought, well, I want to get someone who's, you know, we talk about visibility. So I thought it would be good to have someone who's visible in the community and also who's, you know, advocating, not that the other people who participate in the parade aren't advocating, but you as, you know, the Mr. Leather London, you're a visible face of the fetish community. You're almost like, you're definitely not even almost, you're definitely another brand ambassador, a representative, a representative of, you know, kink and fetish for us. And I wanted to ask, I guess, first, right off the top, why is it important for you to have visibility at Pride? What mm. is it that what is the reason why you want to do it specifically? I, I think if I'm being very selfish and egotistical, I think of what my needs are and why I almost need to attend these pride events. As I mentioned in the little introduction, it was kind of summer, you know, many, many moons ago when I kind of first started to see a few fellow kinksters at these pride events. That's how it all started for me. And from, from my side, I remember, um, starting the kind of pride circuit you you joined the fetish groups and it it certainly felt like a second coming out and it still does every single weekend a saturday sunday or friday that you can attend a pride event it feels like a it you you feel really really re-energized so i i i joined the pride events personally um because it almost always feels like a bit of a second coming out really it, it attracted me to the community and therefore me myself having a presence at these pride events alongside fellow friends family and kinksters it is an opportunity to really you know get get their eyes moving and to have a think about oh you know crap do i do i do you know should i and do 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 i belong in that community because i've been thinking about it i'm on the apps for example i've started to speak to a few people these are people who are here in present you know um I think you mentioned the V word for visibility, which is something that is chucked around by so many of us, but that that's the core premise of why I attend these pride events. And my, my friend Georg, he's, he's Mr. Leather Norway and he, he always cracks on about V word for visibility, but it, he uses it so much in the, the best way possible. And at these pride events, visibility can really, you know, he mentioned visibility saves lives in the sense that you know, for somebody to be out there in their full gear is, is quite something that can really be quite life changing for that individual. And that's something that we look at as well. And it, 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 it does get that conversation going, being present at pride events about thinking, you know, getting people who are maybe more vanilla or people who are on the cusp of joining our kind of kink and fetish communities to 
start the conversation going a little bit, whether that's political, non-political, it can range from, <laughs> oh, I love the look of your 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 gear, really, to thinking, you know, oh, d- d- does that type of fetish, you know, that that that's really quite a statement. And it's it's quite interesting that it's at this Pride event. So I know I've talked on a bit more, but it's all about, to your point, the visibility, attracting new members to the community and feeling fucking good in your gear in public, you know. If I listen to the, I guess, some subsections of where this debate has come from over a number of years, one of the most frequent points that comes up is that, you know, the people say that fetish doesn't belong at Pride. And the question then comes, like, is it a, you know, question of morality? Is it about a question of ethics? And it almost seems like they're pushing to say, you know, the moral debate against fetish at Pride is that it's people who wear fetish gear or fetish people, it's more about sexuality rather than lifestyle. And it's almost the argument that says, well, you're, you know, what you do in the bedroom isn't Mm. a political statement. That shouldn't be marched on the streets. You should keep that in the bedroom and therefore your pride should stay underground and secret and it should remain in the dark. And I think on the other side of the argument, it also makes me wonder whether other fetish guys who, let's say, see the king system in the parade, sometimes we see people and maybe they just don't want to participate. But might we also assume that maybe there are some kingsters who also think we shouldn't be exposing mm. this thing that we hold so secretive and sacred, you know, our little private club of our underground sexuality uh, should stay private and shouldn't be in the streets either. So I think on both sides of the fence, they may be arguing that, you know, keep your sex life underground. Why are you flaunting it on the streets? What Mm. would you have to say to these people? I think this is when before we kind of clicked record to look at this podcast, Antoine, we we kind of talked about the main question, which is what what's the premise of your of recon being at Pride in London, for example, or or or, or us to march at Pride, and you know, a few of us we have different motives. Really, is it to showcase your your latest gear or what whips and chains you've recently? or you know and, and you look fabulous wearing it is it more of a political standpoint um or is it more more of a lifestyle for, for, from my side i fall under the bracket of more lifestyle i i'm not particularly my, my, my motors when i see people to the left and right when we're marching and all these you know happy and smiling faces is to actually think god that that leather man or that 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 rubber guy or that person who's in their abdl gear you know that they, they seem happy and it's part of their 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 lifestyle almost so it's it's a very lifestyle section answer for me Antoine it's to showcase it's not to showcase what I get up to in the bedroom at all because you know I, was, I speak since jumping onto this podcast I spoke to a few people when I was at Oxford Pride literally just this weekend and around Europe all the prides have kick-started with a few friends and many of them, the main coherent answer was that I want to show people that what I wear in my gear in public shouldn't change who I am as a person. We are, you know, all we're all human. We're exactly the same. You know, the stuff that we get, get up to in the bedroom, it's not the be all and end all for a lot of people of why we join the community. We 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 join the community because it is a sense of belonging. It's a family. It's a tribe, which unfortunately not a lot of us get you know had the opportunity to have when we're growing up really as as younger queer people and that that's why i me myself joined kind of the community and that's what 
it, it's it's not something that I said I want to, to do as part of the or anything. It's when I'm marching the parade, it's kind of thinking, you know, just, just remember why you're here. And that's to showcase that, that this group of people, this group of people who I'm around, you know. So would you say that it's then, because this is another point I would have raised. And you say for people in the parade, especially let's say Kingsters, should be thinking about exactly why they're there. And is this a kind of, is this maybe a way of saying we should think very clearly about the representation that we're putting out? Should we really be thinking about what the people on the side of the street think about us when they see us? You know, the question then comes up when you're in the parade and you're in your leather gear, your ABDL gear, your rubber gear, whatever the hell it is, you know, your jocks up and your harness. Are you really or how concerned are you or how concerned should you be? about what the people who are watching the parade on the side of the street thinking about you, thinking about what it is you're representing. You know, we know that um, the LGBTQ plus community has struggled for many years with the perception mainstream, um, you know, just the community in general, as well as mainstream gay people. And if I can give you an example, you go back to the very common thing that very ha- that happens very often. Um, there's a TV show and there's a guy who's on and for some reason the gay guy on TV is always the most super effeminate guy you can find. For some <laughs> strange reason, I don't know. Uh-huh. And of course the community then goes up in arms because we all think like why is it that they're choosing like that look to represent the gay community? That doesn't represent all gay people. All gay people aren't like this. They're not all camp and they're not all effeminate and blah 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 blah. And it makes me think, it makes me ask the question also that is it that the other part of the non-fetish part of the LGBTQ plus community also may be thinking, well, we don't want them to think of all gay people as, you know, um, fetish has this taboo that sticks with it as, you know, the people who are being sexual deviants. And that is the only thing they see. And we don't want that to be what people think about us when we're going down the street and making a representation. And I can't say that they're completely wrong because the impressions that people have of us is a huge part of how successful we will probably become in making the statements or the political statements we want to make. So as Kingsters, how should we be thinking about what we want to represent when people see us on the street. Does our clothing really matter that much? Can we not make the same political statement if we're in jeans and a t-shirt? Why do we need to be in a harness and a jock strap? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this this is always the the constant struggle that we'll have really. And I think one one thing that's to blame we we can see this kind of conversation is with the kink of fetish belonging at Pride has certainly kick started. In, in the early 2010s, when social media became a bit of a byproduct of, of how we live and the, the usability and ease of providing free, free speech and sometimes hate online can, can drive this. And I, I think that's to blame for this conversation, really why we're here today. And I even want to take a step back and even think, do we, I'm always the type of very relaxed. I'm, I'm half German. So sometimes I can be very chilled, relaxed in the zone, not, not overthink too much, really. So I, I, I even think to myself, you know, what, what, why, how and why have we got in this position where we're, we're doing this podcast and we really have to go into political kind of nitty gritty detailing here? Because it goes back to what you've literally just said for about a minute or so about 
you know, we should have that freedom to be very comfortable in our gear and the gear is a representation of the community that we are in. But this community, this community is just taking place at a Pride event and the Pride events have always been about an expression of, you know, sexuality and, you know, gender, gender. And and that 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 that's in essence, you know, that that kink, sex, and protests are all inherent parts of of prides, really. Um, I, it's it's a really difficult one because I I haven't got an answer or, or many coherent points to what you've just said. Really, it just gets me <laughs> angry, <laughs> angry, really more than anything. <laughs> you want to like swear and everything because it's just it's just it's just not on, and it's not to the point where I, I don't want kind of. Um, you know, leather men and, you know, the guys at Recon and people who take part in King Confetish at Pride to, you know, get really angry and have very angry placards to say, oh, we should always belong at Pride. But that there's a conversation that always needs to be had pre, during and post Pride events during this time to keep that communication and the message going. Um, it, it always goes back to kind of, um, single stock, kind of single case studies, really from my side. I, I think a lot of, people whether that's people in our queer you know umbrella community or people out out in the straight community a lot of people get worried because of how you know us kinksters and fetish you know how how we how we are perceived by you know young kids for example as well that's always a um a reason against us being present at pride however from what I, from what I, and this goes back to all of the motives behind us being a pride, and that's to showcase that we are very much, you know, reg- regular people. But it's just the stuff that we, the, the stuff and the gear that we wear is just to showcase the tribe that we find ourselves in and are very proud to be in. We, you know, we we get along well with everybody in essence, really. <laughs> and the, from, from my side, there always seems to be a trend. You know, that the oh, the kids absolutely love the puppies. You know, and the, and the puppies, because of how playful all the pups and the fairy, uh, you know, the furries, um, the same goes with us, really. It, it's showcasing that whilst we can try our best to act butch, you know, when, when we're marching down the street in all of our, <laughs> all of our leather gear. Um, well, that, that actually brings me to another good point. You know, mm-hmm. we did in our series one of the podcast, uh, towards the end of series one, we had a guest on from Gilded Fetish. And the question we asked was, you know, is fetish just another form of drag? And when we think about the representation uh, of drag at Pride, you know, um, and not that I'm necessarily trying to come for the drag queens um, or for the drag artists, but in essence, fetish is really just another form of drag. You know, when we think about how intertwined these two groups are, you know, especially when we think about making political statements, if we go back to the time of like when the AIDS crisis started in the US, it was the fetish community and the drag community that actually came out and they were the complete political activists fighting for, yeah. you know, people's access to uh, drugs and medication. So I think it would be very unfair for people to say that you know, fetish is non-political because we know how politically active the community has been for so many years. Um, and if we think about it in this aspect, then once again, does the gear really matter? We think about the perception. So I could argue, or let's say some of the naysayers could then argue, well, is you know, the perception we want for people to think of gay people is that we're a bunch of men who wear heels and dresses and run mm. down the street. Um, 
you know, that also falls on the others. And we cannot also come, if we're going to argue, you know, the gear on one side, we have to argue the other side as well. It's the perception that we want for people to have of gay people is that we can't wait to get in a dress and heels because we can't do it every other day of the year. You know, what? what is the question behind it? What is the... What is the driving force? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for, you mentioned kind of going into that drag conversation. I, I'll quote this because uh, I was doing some research from this is from Dazed, um, an article made from 2021. And it's so true. Kink has been a part of Pride since its inception in 69. While drag isn't considered kink in 2021, it was considered to be sexually deviant in the 20th century. And in that, in that year, 1969, New York City still had laws that prohibited cross-dressing. So, so two point that is to a really large extent where the political climate do, does interplay our presence at kink and fetish um, pride marches, and in many countries that you, you meant we, we were talking before joining the podcast about some areas um, we, we we can talk about in CSD in in Berlin, for example, there are uh, maybe we can call them government laws. I'm not exactly sure that prohibit the use of mask wearing in. Pride events. So yeah. a group of 30 odd pups, furries, people in that landscape weren't able to actually take part and represent themselves. And that, that can mean a lot to that poor community. I, I'd be really, you know, pissed off if I, I was there and I, and I am actually. And I can see, you know, as a result of it, people online or Facebook and Instagram are kind of, you know, asking people to get these position, um, petitions kind of really signed. So that, that's where the political conversation can come into play and goes back to all of the, Motives, absolutely. Um, and that, that's where that drag conversation absolutely started. I think, you know, we are at a very serious crossroads with this debate. Um, you know, I think one thing people should not get away from is that Pride started as, still is, and should always be this continued fight for equality you know mm. i don't think people should be deluded and think you know for all the years we've been fighting that we still have of course there's marriage equality and a lot of other things which we have gained but when it comes down to yes the v word for visibility and the other word which is acceptance is something that we should never stop <clears throat> fighting for but the crossroads now comes because we are fighting for acceptance within our own community mm. you know and you then think too, okay, the fight for tolerance has been going on for years, but it seems now with so many things changing, the broader, or there's a very broad subset of the LGBTQ plus community that seems to be moving more towards living this kind of heteronormative lifestyle. And is it potentially that group of people that's, let's say, putting the pressure on pride organizers to say, look, that isn't who we are. That doesn't represent us. We don't, we don't want that at pride. Um, and you would want to think, you know, these same people have been fighting for their equality rights and for fighting for tolerance, but they're also becoming less tolerant of other people. Mm. And if we don't have presence and we don't march and have visibility, then we will be marginalizing people from within our own community. And I think that that is not what pride should be at all. That is such a fabulous point. Um, it, it's something that I, I was thinking about, but I didn't, I couldn't put into coherent words. So thank you so, so much for that, Antoine. <laughs> it's, it, it's that kind of, I, I almost call it normal washing. And that, that that's the case that we've obviously been fighting for decades for, you know, to your point, equal rights. And we, we've come so far in so many parts of the world where, 
we, we, we are on that same, it's hard to say, like, like level, but that, that same level as, of, of equality as many, you know, mo- most people in the world are able to gratefully experience that. That's fan- That's absolutely fantastic. However, it seems that we're, we're almost going, stepping over the mark and the, these real kind of, um, pillars of, of the community that have been around for decades for us, obviously the kink and fetish more leather as post kind of world war two and started to be represented at the pride events a lot more that, that kind of the, the, these kind of subsets and our pillars of the community are being left behind as a result of, um, the, the, the real push towards, um, general you kind know, of political and ethical equality. So, um, that that that's a really lovely point as well. And to your point, it's it's really difficult to put the you know point the finger at who is to blame. But I guess that's the, that's the rhetorical question: Are we almost sometimes to to blame for that in our community? Well, I think so, and I think it's a, also a question that cannot not be asked: How mm. much are we to blame for the same thing? You know, I have been at. Let's say, oh God, I, I don't want to point fingers at particular events, but we know that there are certain events in certain cities mm. that happens once or twice a year, whether it's somewhere in Europe or somewhere in America, and the kingsters come out and they almost seem to lose their minds one day of the year. They're running around the streets and they're doing all sorts of things which they would never dream of doing any other day of the year. And people look at it and point and think, Yes, this is just a whole bunch of deviants, you know, and I have participated in other pride parades with other fetish people. And sometimes I wonder, you know, am I myself sometimes guilty of being slightly pacifist? You know, I can march down the street, but I don't need to bend over and spread my cheeks and show the people my hoop on the side of the street. But it, it, it makes me ask the question, why do you feel the need to do this in the middle of the parade when there are, let's say, of course, families and kids on the street who are there ideally to support us? You know, we don't need to freak them out to garner their support. We don't need to go wild and crazy. I think that we are sometimes doing ourselves also a little bit of a disservice mm. by going this, I don't know, are, are we sacrificing, you know, what is the freedom we've been fighting for? How mm. much of it, of, of it that we're allowing to basically create this cancel, mm. this cancel culture? It's like, okay, cancel them, stop them. They can't be doing it on the street. Just stop it. We don't want them. We don't want to see them at all. You know, <laughs> we may be in fear of, you know, that will be coming up. So we may be the mm. cause of our own downfall. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. I know so many, you know, of, of the listeners will know that that one or two or, or group of individuals who really um, don't show their true colors at a certain event in Europe or America put us to shame are the smallest of smallest of, of, of people who are in our kink and fetish community who are doing us a real disservice and unfortunately <laughs> making us get, get cancelled. Basically, I, I remember from my side, I, I was kind of put off even when I was kind of in my, my deviant sphere, when I was kind of growing up looking at all of the more, more kind of, you know, XXX content online. One thing that came up was, oh, a group of, you know, one guy bending over. Um, on, on a rooftop right where, um, a certain street where street fair was taking place in, in America. And I thought to myself, even at, at that, that ripe age, however old I was, I, 
what, what, why is then? I, I thought the presence, of the, I thought that the genesis of the objective of this event is to just feel more comfortable in your gear, have a good time, socialize, and and showcase to people who might not be in the community that this this is who we are and are, are absolutely comfortable with. And we we experience that at small to large large events. We we've got that in in the cities as well. So that that can be a reason why this cancel culture can be pointed at us to 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 a fair extent but it's so important to say that that's such a small subset of when when something goes wrong and thankfully we're we you know thankfully to a really large extent where of of this kind of um with this age age now where it is important before during and after events to flag what the rules are what the genesis of of or the objective of a certain of event is really what the consent game looks like really um and that's what everybody should should follow. Um, absolutely. Need something tight and shiny for a special event? Want ideas for your next session? At Regulation, we're stocking thousands of products, including leather, rubber, toys, electro, restraints, and playroom furniture. Now shipping worldwide, or get free UK shipping when you spend over £25, visit our London store or shop online at regulation.co.uk. Regulation. Kink. Delivered. One thing that we maybe need to ask ourselves, and this is also maybe being the devil's advocate mm-hmm. just a little bit from the other side of the fence. Um, you know, we know that there are so many subsets of the LGBTQ plus community who have been fighting for visibility. They didn't find what they want in the strength or the numbers that they wanted it. So they've pulled themselves out and started their own separate event, their mm. own separate parade um and this could be whether it's another diverse group you know like now we've we've got um what is it we started a few years ago trans pride has Mm. now come out so they do have very good representation at the parade but they have managed to band together in strength and numbers and garner some incredible support from the community and now Mm. we probably have one of the most successful trans pride parades anywhere yeah. which is taking place in London. We also have, um, as a need for, I think, even broader self-expression and broader visibility, we now also have got Black Pride. I mean, it has been around for many, many years, but it has just grown from strength to strength. And I think last year it was recorded that we had the world's largest Black Pride mm. event ever. You know, And these people are really they have become very successful in banding together and strengthening their communities and strengthening their voice and making their political stances and almost kind of standing on their own which is kind of sad in one way to think that we cannot stand together as a broader community Mm. that we have to pull all the groups feel the need to pull out but the question would also remain then why don't the kingsters let's say in london pull out and create, you know, their own thing. I've been to other events where there is a fetish pride and there is actually a parade that goes down the street, that goes through town, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've done it in San Francisco a few times. And, you know, what is to stop, let's say, the fetish community from, if they want this strength of visibility, from creating this 
in the city that they live in. You know, San Francisco has got Folsom, New York has got a Folsom East, Berlin has also got a Folsom, but you know, this is also allowing for a certain level of visibility that's, that takes place in the public view, in the streets, although they try to enclose it a bit and protect it. Mm. Um, but it still comes back from the need of people feeling like, hey, it's great for me to go out and make my public stance. And if I'm going to throw some other fuel in that fire, if I think about calling out Folsom San Francisco, you know, this was a thing that started out as a community event, SOMA, that was also started by the, you know, the fight against gentrification in that area, mm-hmm. which was then taken over by the kink and fetish community. And it has turned into now, you know, people always say as well, it's turned into a bullfish, you know, a fishbowl, a fishbowl event. You know, people come to look at the freaks. And it's interesting that people will say, we don't want them at our event, but we want to come look at them at their own event. And it's like, okay, people, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Either you're going to allow us to make our political stance or you're not. But you want me to make my political stance in the corner and you want to come and watch me make it over Mm -hmm. there, not while you're making your own. So almost is is your kind of um, a a view or a vision could be for kind of, it it seems like the the trend is obviously for more of the um, progressive cities and countries are kind of almost doing their, their sub-pride events, which are very successful in the premise meets the needs at, 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 you know, ethically and respectively. Is your kind of vision almost for kind of kink and fetish, for example, to have their, their own pride, pride parade or, or something? Well, I don't know. I think it's something that maybe fetish people ought to consider. Mm. If they're being pushed out of one event should they then start their own? It's a question that should be asked and this question that should be answered. And if not, then why not? But I think we still should not move too far away from the original question of why people think that fetish doesn't belong at Pride. Mm. You know, there's an argument that, you know, the Pride March is in peril of becoming classist if we let people dictate uh, what's allowed or who's allowed and who's not allowed, you know, and this sets a very dangerous uh, precedent, you know, for cancel culture to become mm-hmm. rife. If we exclude one group, how long is it before somebody else says, well, I don't like this group of people and they shouldn't be near me in the parade? Mm-hmm. You know, the other question we cannot get away from that I also wonder is, is the pride organizations in these particular cities, pandering to their corporate sponsors. You know, we know over so many years that Pride continues to become more and more mm. uh, of a corporate exercise, you know, corporate oh. exercise. I mean, of course, events have to be paid for, security and everything else has to be paid for, but we don't know who's putting, exactly is putting the pressure on the organizers to say, we don't want these groups of people in the street. And I think it's something the question needs. <clears throat> to be asked we need some answers <laughs> we could do this Antoine come answers. on <laughs> yeah baby I mean yeah I think it's yeah Antoine the conversation about kind of corporate sponsors it, it, it's the elephant in the room absolutely and we, we can point point fingers at certain UK prides that have kind of you know for, for almost for, I'm struggling with words to say, say really because I don't want to point any but point any of them out really but 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 it's it's something to that pretty much all, all of us are aware about that kind of coherent 
trend seems to be. Um, so you, you can almost kind of, you mentioned what city and then you can instantly have a stereotype in terms of what, what it's like and what the reputation of our community will be like there. Um, with that in mind, uh, uh, not, I mean, a, a great example that I thought of was when I was in Oxford this weekend. I remember I, I was speaking to somebody who was probably one of the only leather man men there six or seven years ago. So that was back in, you know, 2016, 2017 time. And now on the weekend, we had about 30 or 35 of us, all different walks of kinks and fetishes, all different experiences. And actually one of the pride organizers, um, she, she said to me in, in person that she's a, she's a bit of a kinky girl. And actually with, with the help and support of her, we were kind of really push, push to the front and to say, you know, be, be open, be as loud as possible. And that was at Oxford in, in a small university town that has a stereotype of, you know, being more and more conservative, actually, um, because of the bodies that, 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 that do live, live around that area. So it, it, it's all different prides have a walk of nature, but that corporate side has, has something to blame. Ab- absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't have much experience in terms of maybe I've walked two or three times at London Pride. Um, albeit actually not, not in the fetish community. Um, I'm kind of screaming at myself here, probably shooting myself in the foot a bit. But, um, but yeah, you, you can't walk away from, you know, the power that these corporate kind of prides have, have put on kink and fetish. Absolutely. Have you got any final words for our listeners on why we think it's so important to have this visibility at Pride and maybe what we should be doing to ensure that we can continue the fight? I I will almost quote what I was trying to, some words that I was kind of doing some research on before joining, joining this kind of podcast really. And my, my general kind of overview of almost summary of why pink fetish should belong at Pride is, is something like this really, you know. Although the discord around Pride it increasingly evokes, you know, notions of more love, family, this increasing support of kind of, you know, acceptance um, o- over the past decades or so. Nobody can't, nobody simply can't tell me that sex doesn't play an important role. And obviously boarding, in, boarding into sexuality and then sex as it does for queer culture at large. Pride is among other things, a defense of sexual freedom and people attending should be, be, you know, free to behave in a sexual way. When I say that, I don't mean, you know, bending someone over, you know, wearing chaps, flouting X, Y, and Z, you know, um, Events should be as inclusive as possible, but from my side, kind of raucous provocation, you know, and, and, and showcasing yourself not in that way are also pretty important, really. Um, but banishing kink isn't the answer at all. Um, you know, as we went back to the start of this podcast, really, Antoine, a lot of people, you know, look, look at us, you know, you know, the kink of fetishes, people at pride events and, um, you know that, that 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 event could be the start, the genesis of them joining our community and and the ball snowballing. That that's how it started for me. Absolutely, I remember it was at Reading Pride maybe four years ago, so twenty nineteen, and and I saw you know a, a group of kinks, and I thought, wow, crap, what I've been looking at from from on Pornhub and all of these porns, it comes into life. But they're very you know they're just just like me, you know people who want to feel a sense of belonging um and to an extent that really kind of you know help, help put my life in the right right direction really so it goes back to yeah two point of visibility 
It does save lives. It allows and attracts new members to the community. And it has always been at these pride events, a sense of expression. And that, you know, being a leather man in my, in my instance, it might change to a rubber man soon. Who God knows will, um, will, will, will always be my representation at pride. Absolutely. I hope that people who listen to this podcast begin the debate or even just enter into open discussions amongst their other Kingster friends or, you know, amongst friends from the broader LGBTQ plus community. You know, there are lots of questions to be asked. And I think we should not be afraid, like I did yesterday, to get feedback and thoughts from other friends. And there were so many interesting points, you know, that came up. It was on morality, um, you know, the philosophy, the philosophy about what queerness actually is, you know, is how important is, you know, fetish when you think about, um, you know, uh, what makes you a queer person, what makes the, mm. brings the queer community together? You know, the question also, well, should we still be calling it gay pride? Should we not be changing the name to queer pride? Something else that could ideally maybe eventually make it even more inclusive and stop the debate. Mm. Um, is the fight for, you know, wearing gear purely about sexuality? Is it also about identity? Is it about gender? Is it about gender equality? You know, where does the fight continue? You know, how much more of rights and inclusivity do we feel we need? Have we not got enough? This is a question asked by somebody else. You've been finding, have you not got enough already? Um, <laughs> you know, the question is also for some people, do they really give a shit? You know, the people from my generation have been fighting mm. for so many of the freedoms. This is also a debate we hear very often that the young people have no understanding of mm. what it is we have fought for because they don't have to fight for the same. Um, you know, they can go to Pride and get on the streets and wear almost anything they like, except if they want to wear fetish gear and then people telling them that they shouldn't be. And they don't understand the fight that has come about over the years. Let's say even for the progression of, you know, visibility of drag at Pride. I mean, people try to stop it so many times. It never will. They continue to fight for it. And this is one of the reasons why I also think we as fetish people, this is precisely why we should be at Pride because the fight doesn't stop, the fight does continue. And if we don't allow for this broader inclusivity within the queer community, the LGBTQI plus community, the mainstream gay community, then what are we doing on the streets? Mm -hmm. What is it that we're actually marching for when we take to the streets? You know, we always say that pride should go back to what it initially represents, which is taking a political stance. And I see this as an absolutely mm. vital and important reason for exactly taking this political stance. Yeah. And it's imperative to also note that whilst from us, we're based in London, a city, you know, with, and the UK as a whole, which has to a real large extent taken boundaries from a political side of view to accept us and make things more tolerable. Uh, so many other cities and countries that take part in pride events, you know, and, and the kink and fetish communities that, that they, they are strides behind us, unfortunately. And that to, to your point to a large extent is why we ourselves to take pride in, you know, marching in London, for example, to showcase solidarity with other countries and cities 
who might be, you know, strides behind us as well. It's so important to mention that I was um I was in touch with a couple of the other title holders in in Italy in particular, actually. And whilst that's you know really really except accepting a couple of friends were in Padua Pride quite I think it was last weekend, so at the start of June, and you know they they experienced a few a few mixed bags of people kind of asking that conversation. Oh, I, I think what you're wearing um shouldn't shouldn't be belonging to Pride. And if, if you're a good enough person to strike a decent conversation with them, if you have that opportunity, you'd hope that their mindset does change because you yourself are present on that day at Pride. So it's, it, it's, we're all at different kind of walks in life in different kind of cities and countries. Um, but to your point, it, it all goes back to what the premise has been at Pride. I think I, you know, my final thing would be also be to say that, you know, the fight doesn't stop and the argument will not stop and the argument will continue. And I would challenge, you know, Kingsters, even more people to gear up and come out and be visible at Pride. But I think the question that we have for our own community is to think about what is the fetish agenda at Pride? And I think it's something people should think about. What is the fetish agenda at Pride? What is it that you're actually fighting for? What are you marching for? And I think it's really important for us to have a good understanding within ourselves of when we gear up that morning to go out to the street, what is it do I want them to think when they mm. see me on the street with my other family, my other community? of Kingsters. What is it that we're representing when we're there? And I think that's a really important question that we need to continue to ask ourselves. And I think the answer will probably be quite varied. But I think that is also the beautiful thing that brings the people together because we're all fighting for the similar, the visibility. But what brings us to that point, no matter how different it is, the important thing is that it brings a group of people together. It bonds and binds people together. And mm -hmm. I think we are stronger in numbers. Yeah. We are definitely stronger in numbers. I think people will take us more seriously if we don't shy away from the fight. Mm -hmm. So I will challenge more Kingsters and more cities to gear up and go out and don't let people cancel you. You, you mentioned that great question. Kind of ask yourself the day before and that morning before when you're getting ready getting dressed into your gear what, what is the premise of your presence and your group at pride and maybe even the organizer you know kind of when a lot of prides you kind of do a bit of a briefing don't you before you yeah. kind of get everybody reared up ready to go i'm sure you'll be doing that at london <laughs> come come the first of july that it's really important for that organizer to really be quite coherent in terms of their views and we hope that that is coherent with everybody else's views of being you know being at that pride parade absolutely and to your point it can be a mixture of you know showcasing visibility showcase in my view it's most of the time when i'm thinking about it it's showcasing that we don't just get up to stuff in the bedroom and that's not all that we think about we're actually very normal lovely you know curious yeah. human beings absolutely or or could it be more of a political standpoint for example what's going on in with with csd berlin and their, their struggle with mask wearing for example it, it's all varied and to your point it's important when you're on the tube when you're on public transport or driving to that pride event what are you here for what are you going to scream from the top of your lungs apart from diana ross and whitney houston you know always go back and think what's your you know what, what is your premise of being at pride tom tk london 
thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This is really great. Um, listeners, you've been left with a challenge and I hope you take it up. You know, Pride season begins now and it runs in several different cities for different months. So you've got a little bit of time to think about what it is you're going to gear up in, um, whether you're in the parade or on the side of the street. Um, and for those of you who are London-based, you know, our link is out already to get people to register to sign up to walk with us at the parade. We're also going to be walking alongside, um, you know, the London Leathermen, I think also Bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and once again, it's three groups coming together just to make a bigger and stronger representation uh, at the Pride Parade. This is something we should never stop fighting for never stop doing it and i hope to see more people either on the streets or on the side of the streets you know if you don't walk it's fine but at least come out and wave on the side and support your fellow kingsters who are out there making a political stance marching down the street and fighting for the the visibility that you all want to enjoy thank you for listening we'll see you again on the next podcast happy pride month bye for now